Welcome to Lessons from the Lioness. My name is Tabitha, and I'm your host. And my name is Baylor, Tabitha's stylist. Baylor. As my stylist, what do you think of my first podcast outfit? I mean, I love it. It seems like a period piece, but I definitely see a bit of your ankle. A bit of my ankle? Are you scandalized? I'm so scandalized right now. I don't know how to feel. I mean, I like it, but like, what does it mean? We can all have to shut it down. Too much ankle was being shown. Too much ankle. The reviews, the Yelp page will go mad. Well, Baylor, so the teaser went out a little while ago. It did? Yes, and so lots of people got to hear about Lessons from the Lioness and what this podcast is about. And part of that, I was talking about why I got into history. So why did you get into history? Well, I've always been a big reader. Okay, backtrack. My mom forced me, and then I could not stop reading. And my one of my favorite genres was definitely historical fiction. Yeah, I think it was just the idea that, like, you're learning, but there's so much drama, and that was enticing enough. And then you actually go and look into it in the time period and the actual stories behind those, you know, fictions mm-hmm. that just made it all the more compelling and there was more drama in that. Real life is insane. Oh, it's insane. Absolutely insane. And I was just incredibly entertained. And I just wanted to be more and more entertained. Yeah. Do you know who we're talking about today? Oh, is Beyonce releasing a new album? No. Well, I don't know if she is or not. But we are not talking about any living people on this podcast. That is a rule. Okay, fine. Then who? We are talking about, drumroll please... One hand slapping on your knee is not a drum roll. We can't afford a drum yet. That's true. Elizabeth I. Okay, well, that's obvious. She's the reason you got into history. Well, exactly. I mean, she is the reason that I have this podcast. She's the inspiration for the name of this podcast. She deserves to be the first episode, don't you think? I see your point. Exactly. (laughs) So, what do you know about Elizabeth? You, you know, a British bitch. <laughs> Talk about alliteration there. <laughs> I try. Well, but that's all you know about her? I mean, honestly, yeah. I, nothing about her story ever really attracted me to her. Mm. Well, I'm hoping to change that today. Because would you see her possibly as a woman who stuck to her convictions? A woman who is strong in the face of danger. So, like, a bad bitch. Oh, yeah, because what we're talking about today, the lesson we're learning from, Elizabeth was under threat of execution from her sister Mary, and she still decided to defy her. So much so that she knew that her head could be on the chopping block. That's pretty fucking badass, I will say. Oh, yeah. All right, you piqued my interest. Super badass. You ready to settle in for your story? I'm so ready. I have all the wine. All the wine. All the wine. White or red? All red. Mm. Oh, white wine. People drink white. I don't get that. White is for fish. Everyone knows that. White is for fish, but red is for world domination. Damn. Well, we are talking about lionesses, so it fits. Exactly. Let's set this in the summer. Okay, okay. Summer, what year? 
1553. So only, you know, a little while ago. Okay. Yeah. Only a little. So I have a lot of clothing and it's hot. Okay. Where are we? We are in London. Okay. We're in London. It's hot. A lot of clothing. Probably smells. Extremely. Like human, Very bad sanitation. feces and, you know, the things. So I have my nose gag. Yes, you do. My little bouquet of flowers, and I hold it to my nose, and oh, is that lilac I smell? That is lovely. (laughs) Quite lovely. Quite lovely indeed. Okay, what else is going on? What else am I feeling? You are crying into your nose, gay. Why am I crying? Mood change. Yes, your king is dying. No! He's on his deathbed. What's his name? Edward. Edward? And you are crushed. Oh, God, I can't. It's Edward. Because guess how old he is? 20? 15. Oh my, my gosh, my nose gay. It's ruined. It is soaked in the tears. <laughs> the poor nose gay. <laughs> the poor nose gay. Edward on his deathbed, this is the moment when he's about to die. He's going to make a lot of big decisions. Well, I'm ready. He I'm decides ready. to change the line of succession. He had two sisters. Okay. Mary, she's 37. She's his half-sister. And she's staunchly Catholic. And then Elizabeth, his younger sister, not younger than him, but younger than Mary, and she's 20. Wow. Quite the age differences going on here then. Yeah, but the oldest person we have is still 37. So we've got this youngish age range. Oh, young. You know, Coachella age range. Oh, totally. <laughs> he decides to remove Mary from the succession. Now, that makes sense. Reason being is that he had made a lot of reforms. He's staunchly protestant she's staunchly catholic he didn't want her to take the throne and reverse all of these reforms that he had made but elizabeth is protestant so why did he decide to exclude elizabeth as well as mary probably because he couldn't justify a reason not to if he excludes one half sister he has to exclude the other one yeah who wants to deal with that drama it feels like he's playing it safe and i respect that well, he decides to play it a little less safe because the person he leaves the throne to is his cousin, Lady Jane Grey. Ooh, and how old is Lady Jane Grey? Only 16. Dude, this sucks. So what happened to me, though, was I had, like, braces from, like, okay, wait, no. Braces from 13 to 15, and then I was about to get them off, and I was like, finally, everyone's going to see me as this hot goddess as I am. Naturally. But, yeah. But then two weeks later, found out I needed glasses. Not to hate on anyone who wears glasses, but it's a hard time. It's a hard transition. Mm-hmm. So I went from, like, not hot to hot for a week and then, and then not hot. That's emotionally crushing. That's all I had to deal with, though. I didn't have to deal with, like, thrones and leaving who to what and crowns and wardrobe. Mm-hmm. Lots of decisions. Lots. Lots. Well, this poor queen, guess how long she was on the throne? Like a year? Oh, nine days. God. She didn't even last. Well, that that nine days is still debated. So Mary challenged her title on a wave of popular support immediately after Edward died. So you are now crying into your nose, gay. Oh, okay. Yes, yes. <laughs> your king has died. Okay. She marched on London and she took back of the throne, threw Lady Jane Grey and her husband into the Tower of London. Okay, and the Tower of London is? It is this very ancient castle. A prison, as well as a palace, as well as a keeper of the jewels. It's a lot of things. I bet you 20 bucks there's Starbucks in it now. <sighs> Love to research that for another time. We will. That would be epic. 
There's a Starbucks everywhere. I'm going to be emotionally crushed if there's a Starbucks in the Tower of London. So you were crying into your nosegay. I was. And now you need a new nosegay because it is August 1553. Oh. And it is the coronation of your queen, Mary. So it's hot. It's hot outside. Yes, my nosegay is very, it's, it's sad. Very it's sad. But very not my sad. queen. Tell me more about my queen. So your queen, she decides to restore the church back to those final years of Henry's reign where it was essentially Catholic. In a lot of ways, it was still Catholic. And she was trying to return it back to a lot of this more traditional model. She returned it also to being a strict observance of the traditional ceremonies and repression for, quote-unquote, corrupt and naughty opinions, unlawful books, ballads, and other pernicious and hurtful devices. Pernicious is a big word. I like that word, though. Pernicious. But basically anyone who was opposing her point of view. Fair. So she's really cracking down. Mm-hmm. And trying, she's making a statement. She's mm-hmm. new to the throne. Plus, she's a female, so I get that. You have to be more assertive because people automatically assume that women are not as strong or as capable. Yes, so you have to make a point made. You have to. Okay, I see. Your, I see your point. Mm-hmm. I see your point. Well, Mary enacted a parliamentary statute that also reinforced Elizabeth's bastard status. Elizabeth was being snubbed. She had to yield precedence and banquets to her cousins. This is already so much family drama. And to top it all off, Elizabeth was pissing off her sister because she was not going to those masses that were essentially Catholic masses. Eventually, Mary had to have a private audience with Elizabeth, and Elizabeth had to explain that she had never heard of the doctrines of the old faith. That's what she deemed Catholicism. And she just needed some educators, somebody to tell her about all of the old religion and then she'd be educated and be able to conform to Catholicism. Did she ever try to go to mass? Did she ever attend at least once? She went to the mass in September, but she complained that she was feeling ill. She complained that she was feeling bad. And some observers said it was clear she was only going because she felt obligated to do so and out of fear. Okay. Yeah, so she she went for a show, and then she left because she couldn't pull it off. Quite. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> okay, I'm still definitely, like, leaning towards Mary on this point. Yeah. But... It seems like she's the most concise. But I get that, because I definitely feel like there are many things that, like, I could fake in life, but I don't. Yeah. Or that I've attempted to, but I don't execute well. Well, notice something here, though. Elizabeth, at the age of 20, she was already paying attention to the optics. She mm-hmm. knew that she needed to make the right moves to make sure that she was appearing to be the perfect princess, capitulating to her sister's wishes. She knew about what it would appear to look like if she did not go to Mass. So she was making all the right moves. However, at the, at the same time, she had a lot of Protestant support. So who knows how she felt at this point? She's playing both sides, if you will. Possibly. Okay. Possibly. I can respect that. The situation got so bad that in December, so now your nose gay is wilting. Oh, sad. Mm-hmm. It's wilting. Sad. He has my nose gay. Don't worry <laughs> about it. It's frozen at this point. It's totally frozen. Oh, <laughs> And my tears are frozen with it. 
poetic. You've been crying for a long time. It's been a hard couple of months mm-hmm. with the change in leaders and Elizabeth's illness. And Mary's kind of been on. She's been on one. Mm-hmm. A hard couple of months. Well, Elizabeth and Mary seem to think so, too, because Elizabeth wanted to leave court. She asked Mary before she left to even send her some vestments or chalices, other Catholic accoutrements. So that appeared she wanted to become Catholic. And she left to Hertfordshire, one of her estates. That was, you know, a little bit further outside of London. Look how far away. 18 miles. Oh, so basically nothing. Yeah. I mean, I feel like that's not, that's not a lot. So Mary was definitely doing the keep your enemies close and your sisters closer. I don't know if that's a thing here. It's a thing. It's a thing. We can hashtag it. K-Y-E-C-A-S-C-C. What? It's an acronym. Keep your, no. I'm so confused already. I'm trying to keep it hip. Hip? You I just used the word hip. I did, because I'm getting old. Oh, God forbid. <laughs> Anyways. Anyways. Let's go with more cohesive thoughts. Cohesive thoughts. Yes. Well, she asked Mary for all these Catholic accoutrements, assuming that she wanted to be a actual Catholic. She made all the right moves in front of her sister. But away from public view, when she went to Hertfordshire, she was keeping with the Protestant views. She was reading from her English Bible, even though she could read from a Latin one. And she prayed in English. Now, reading from an English Bible and praying in English was clear indications that you felt more Protestant beliefs than being Catholic. Because traditionally, if you were Catholic, you needed to be reading the text in Latin. Now, it's about to get more dramatic. Are you ready? Oh, I'm so ready. Is this class number two? Uh, I believe it is. Yay! Yay! Well, I don't know what's happening to your nose, Gay, at this point, but it's late. I've probably thrown it out. Yeah. I've probably, or I've hung it upside down on a wall, hoping that it'll dry out and look beautiful. That's probably where it is right now. And I kind of look at it sometimes to remind me of summer. The, your your tragic summer where you cried into it? It was a hard summer, honey. I went through some shit. We're about to go through more. There's a rebellion at hand. So we're drinking whiskey. Led by Sir Thomas Wyatt. Oh, T-dubs. I know that guy. Because of Mary's desire to marry her cousin, Philip of Spain. And we don't like the Spaniards. We don't? No, we don't. Why not? Because we are worried that if we are now tied to Spain, that we will become essentially slaves of Spain as a British state. All right, so Mary wants to marry. (laughs) (laughs) Mary wants to marry. (laughs) We're funny kids. (laughs) Philip of Spain. True. And there was a rebellion led by Sir Thomas Wyatt of about 3,000 men. Correct. Gotcha. Now, there were suspicions that Elizabeth was involved before she even left court in December. It was already clear that people were thinking that she was involved in some sort of coup. However, it was unclear. So, once this rebellion actually happened, Mary sent a contingent to go get Elizabeth and to bring her back to court for her quote-unquote protection. Mm-hmm. Tightening the leash. Oh, yes. Keeping oh, yes. Closer. 
And Elizabeth's not stupid. She knows exactly what this means. It's protection. No. Even no, no, no. I could spot that one. Yeah, she knew that she was going to be imprisoned, but in February she couldn't put it off any longer, and she was taken to London, more like a prisoner than a princess. The poor thing. But she was sick when she was actually taken, and she's taken to the same place that Lady Jane Grey is, our nine-day queen. Tower of London. Correct. Jane Grey? She was executed. That's... that's shitty. But only after watching her husband be executed. That you made it shittier. Why didn't you lead with that? That was mean. It was. It was a little crushing, wasn't it? Oh, my wine is filled with tears. <laughs> so, keeping all this in mind, mm-hmm. Jane is Elizabeth's cousin. Elizabeth is now in the Tower of London. This is the same place her cousin was executed. Her cousin's husband was executed. And not only those two, but her mother was executed years previously so there's a lot of drama in this location already the memories just even coming from that mm-hmm. Dang. Mm-hmm. so in march 1554 for three weeks she was interrogated and there was an intercepted letter from wyatt that indicated that she knew about this rebellion now if she did or she did not it's unclear if she did know she hit it pretty well i I don't know. Personally, I think she probably might have been involved. She was crafty. She was very crafty. But who knows? We'll see. In these three weeks, though, she knew that she could have been imprisoned forever. But something that she told years later to a French nobleman was that she used to think of a headsman's axe biting into her neck. And that scared her so bad that she thought about requesting a French executioner who were supposed to be a little bit more clean with their work. And her mother had been executed by a French executioner. So she's 20, right? Yeah. Yeah, kids, imagine having to make that decision. How? What method will I choose to die from? Mm-hmm. That's... Imagine having to decide mm-hmm. the method in which you're killed and thinking about that in a critical manner was that clinical about it absolutely i mean that's that's a thought process and that's in a lot of ways have to accept your own death in that way would rather have a sword than get butchered that is insane who has to like think about that and make that decision yeah no i'm liking elizabeth Mm -hmm. i'm liking her a little bit more and like mary what are you doing girl She's protecting herself. She's protecting her throne. It's a guilt thing. Maybe you want to kill off the people that pose a threat to you other than seeing them and then humanizing them by keeping them around. Well, in April 1554, Wyatt was executed. So Elizabeth was now allowed to walk more freely around the garden. But she had to keep her head down. She was still being very closely watched. And because of that, she had to make very careful decisions. Remember, this is a woman who's very clearly aware of her optics. Very clearly aware that if she does anything threatening to her sister, that she could be executed. Her cousin easily was, and her cousin was 16. Elizabeth was the heir to the throne, but but that doesn't mean that there's some method to make sure that somebody else, some other heir was designated to take the throne. With 
Elizabeth being so aware of optics. I find it so strange about her next decision. Which was? She requested for an English Bible. Okay, but that more aligned with Protestant beliefs, correct? Correct. And so she was, by making that decision publicly in the Tower of London, where people are watching her, where she's being observed all the time, she was clearly keeping to her Protestant beliefs. That's a big move. It is, especially because it's not like she couldn't read her religious text in another language. She could read Latin just as well. Fake it till you make it. Mm -hmm. She was making the choice purely from a religious point of view to make a statement. But, I mean, I do get that because she's basically lost everything. So why not keep to the one thing that keeps you going? Mm -hmm. Protestant God, that religion, that belief is something that she obviously identifies with. So I, I respect a person who's like, at the end, I want to go out knowing that I believed what I believed to my fullest capability. Mm -hmm. Instead of saying, oh, no, like, that's what I believe, but I'm going to fake this thing so I can make it through this already shitty life. So while that's, like, a risky move, I get why she made that choice, because what else does she have left? Mm -hmm. like, literally nothing left from what it sounds like. At the end of the day, she was being true to herself and her values and beliefs. Mm -hmm. She was playing the long game. I admire her for that. Oh, me too. It takes a lot to play the long game. Most of us play a very short game. And her choice infected other people as well. There was four out of her six servants who refused to attend the mass that Mary was holding. So she was a leader in her household. There were people who also had the same beliefs, but because their princess was making these moves and clearly identifying herself as a Protestant, I mean, I'm sure that had some am at least some impact on their point of view. If my leader can do that, then I'm going to do it as well. I'm going to stand up for what I believe. And that shows the amount of power and leadership that she had. Mm -hmm. She was already making people who could have been executed themselves believe that there was something to her belief and something to her leadership that they would be willing to die and sacrifice for that. All at the age of 20. She's already showing extreme levels of leadership and determination. She knew what that meant. She knew what that meant to Mary. That would mean that she was still holding to her Protestant beliefs, no matter how much Mary was pushing on her to convert to Catholicism. There was only so much that Elizabeth was willing to do to capitulate. I definitely see why you chose her as someone for our first podcast, because she's pioneering a new movement she's saying what she believes but she's doing it in a calculated way and in a precise way that other people can relate to and connect with and that's why i'm glad like we're doing this podcast because i feel like that is our main goal and it just it continues to amaze me that we put these people on these pedestals and we write stories about them and we make podcasts about them when it all comes down to these little minute decisions that they themselves might not see as being groundbreaking and influential but at the end of the day these are the people who make you believe you can do more than you ever thought possible well it's just how these people were put under i think we tend to think of these people that we look at in history are extraordinary just by virtue of being born in their time but I think 
these little choices are evidence of the fact that everything builds up to a life. All of these little choices and the effects of those choices are what mark you as an extraordinary human being. Mark you as lioness. Well, that got deep. That got really deep. But I, you know, I agree. There's so much to be said for making a choice and seeing if you can create a world from that. You never hear about the people who who are very indecisive about their life, who constantly were wondering, constantly were thinking and calculating. At the end of the day, we only talk about the people who decided something. Who made a move? Who is actionable? It's one thing. It's one thing to have a brilliant thoughts, but it's another thing to put them in action. And influence the way that Elizabeth influenced her household. Apparently, would they have followed her if she only talked about having a litany? If she only talked about eventually reading the Bible? No, she did those things in front of other people, so they had something to emulate. I only hope that we can do the same thing. Very few of us are ever going to end up in a prison because of simply who we are and going to be having to come up against massive accusations of treason. At the same time, the person who's accusing you of that being your family. Yeah, that's a whole lot of punches coming your way. can't mentally prepare for that. You can't. We don't give enough credibility and enough weight to these people in history. I think as a society, we don't. We just, we see them as fixtures and uh, time stamps, mile markers. We fail to recognize that they probably had, they probably had anxiety. They probably had eating disorders. They probably had mental illness. They probably had health issues. And still... They stuck through it, and they figured it out, and they're the reason we're here today. So, did Elizabeth ever get released? She did. She did eventually get released. And she was taken back to another location and put under house arrest. And she finally got her Bible. Yay! (laughs) I mean, I know there's so much more to her story, but yeah, little victories count. If that even just gave her the enthusiasm she needed and the, like, the spiritual backing that she needed to keep on, like, go her. No power to her. Alright. She's my lioness. We're here. We're ready. I'm so proud that you think that way. Me too. I'm glad you convinced me. What is the point of looking at these lives if not to add value to our own lives in the current place that we're at? I would ask you listening, and I'd ask myself, Baylor, in what part of your life that you're dealing with right now that is challenging and stressful and all the pressure is being put on you to conform in a certain way, what choices are you making to stand out and draw a line in the sand and say, this is who I am, and I'm not going to change for you or anyone else, no matter what happens because of it? Think about it. So, how many times did you watch Pippi Longstockings as a kid? Well, 
I read the books mostly first, and I watched the movie a couple of times. I mean, who didn't want to live in that house? God, I love that movie. It, it made me feel so independent. Right? Mm-hmm. If anyone is a lioness, Pippi Longstockings is a freaking lioness. Oh. Pip, pip, hooray for Pippi. <laughs> pip, pip, hooray. Could you have said anything more cheesy at this moment? <laughs> no, probably not. <laughs> My only question is why haven't I said that before? It's a good thing I already have wine to go with that cheese. Yeah. Oh, oh. my gosh. <laughs> they oh, that happens. so much worse. That, that physically hurt. That <laughs> physically hurt. I can hear the groans. <laughs> there goes our viewership. <laughs> Viewers, listeners, we're not, no one knows what we look like. Oh, God, the first podcast, and we have our medium wrong already. We're not off to a good start here. Well, we are excited to hear about your questions and your thoughts on Elizabeth, and possibly wine and cheese and terrible jokes. And also Elizabeth's choice to find Mary and ask for an English Bible. Under incredible stress, she still stuck to her convictions, decided to play the long game, and decided to prove how she felt and what her morals and her values were to the world. And even though you can't see us, like us on Facebook and Instagram, tell your friends and all your pippies and lionesses S's. That's too many S's, dear. But it was fun. It was cute. It was. Okay. <laughs> Good! I think we killed it. I also, in the teaser, described how I looked when I first got into history. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. It's your turn. It's your turn. Oh, the frizzy hair and the buck teeth. I'm sure it was adorable. It was bad. It was bad. The reading helped because the book would cover the teeth. Oh. (laughs) That's so sad. I think my mom actually used to call me Beaver. Beaver. Yeah. That's cruel. It was so mean. It scarred me for you. <laughs> I just started to look good. I just feel like I glew up. It was it was a rough couple of years, but 24 is looking pretty good. <laughs>